Hello and welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Weather of the Mind podcast, we're working to bring practical approaches to emotional health. To you and yours, have a little fun, learn a little bit, check in, remind everyone that we're in it together, even though we have to do our own work. The emotional challenges of life are not overwhelming, they're just part of the game. A lot of times people think, oh man, I don't like this game, this life, these rules, but unfortunately this is this is the ultimate game, the game of life, and uh, we got to accept the rules and the boundaries and uh, try to live the best life we can, right? I mean, our lives and what we make of it and what we give with our days and what we, how we spend our time, this is the ultimate currency, this is the ultimate art canvas. I'm trying to help organize a practical uh, school or a place of practical philosophy because these are important venues we've had throughout history, and they, we ebb and flow. And as our as a lot of society is moving away from strong religious connections, there is a lot of needs and a lot of um, venue uh, that is being unmet. Uh, so we're trying to help create that venue here for discussion, for reflection, for encouragement, etc., etc. So today I'm going to give a secondary introduction of sorts to the the first episode of the Up series, which was called Seven Up, and came out in 1964. Let's start with a, a brief clip, and this clip is the narrator explaining once again the goals of the up the up series project this was no ordinary outing to the zoo it was a very special occasion was part of a program filmed in 1964 when we brought together a group of seven-year-old children from vastly different backgrounds. We went to prep schools, primary schools, state schools and private schools and picked out 14 children. We brought them together because we wanted a glimpse of the shop steward and the executive of the year 2000. Give me a child until he is seven and I will give you the man. I want us to take some time today and look back on the concept of soils. If you remember early on in the podcast, I don't know if that was second or third episode, there was an episode we talked about soils. And I remember uh, I was explaining going to the greenhouse around late, late winter, early spring, and helping to build soils, put these materials together to make these really nice soils for our little baby plants, this nursery of 10,000 tomato and pepper plants. And then, you know, we'd create a nice environment to raise these healthy and strong plants. But we were sure not to spoil the plants too because a spoiled plant is a leggy plant. Leggy meaning it just grows too fast and is a little bit too vulnerable to winds and bad conditions because it got spoiled for the first two months of its life. So when raising a plant, it's, it's, it's akin to raising a human. 
And I think we have to remember that whether we're teachers or parents or just individuals or in, in relationships, we are helping growth. Hopefully we're helping our own growth and those around us and especially the growth of the youngsters if we're a, a teacher or a parent. So and another point of another, another lens to look at this is to think as you're going into this documentary series is to think about if we were to build a practical education, a practical philosophy, a subject in school that's akin to geography, but it's biography. So geography, literally, gr graphy, the suffix means writing, right? And geo means earth. So earth writing, try to explain a place. Geography of North America would talk about the, the weather, the land, the people, the cities, all these interactions that are, that is the geography. But if we're, if we have another, say we had a subject in school called biography, so that would be literally life writing, writing about life. Now, we often think of biography as just the story of one person, and it is, but as we study more and more biographies, as we know the, the stories of our parents and our ancestors and our cousins and our friends and our classmates and people we observe on television or around the neighborhood, we, we gather stories. But, and, and we deduce and learn from them, but if we push ourselves to try to figure out exactly what we're trying to learn and the best way of learning it, and what the goal, what the goal of observing these, these stories, these situations, these, these different personalities placed into different soils. And these soils can be um, across the country. These, these soils can be across the world. These soils can be next door. Because there's all different levels of the soils. There's the soil of the household, the soil of the neighborhood. There's the soil of the time and history. I mean, you could be planting a garden in your backyard in the very literal soils that someone planted a garden 200 years ago or a thousand years ago. But how different are those soils? Okay, my metaphors are getting confused. What I'm saying is humans, as far as we can tell, are largely similar, right? You can go anywhere in the world and you can connect with a fellow human pretty easily without language. There's just a lot of the universals in our experience that we can immediately relate to. We have this opportunity in this documentary to a very unique experience to see a bunch of, a sample of 14 seven-year-olds get interviewed, a sampling from across, across England. And then we have the opportunity to come back and see them interviewed seven years later as 14 year olds and then again as 21 year olds and 28 and, and 35 and so on. And this, this May, 63 and up is coming out. So in late 2018, they interviewed these, these subjects for this study and then they'll, they're going to be releasing a new documentary in May. So it's a good time and place to give this up series another whirl. So let me just play a few um, samples of some of the questions posed by the narrator. 
some of the things they want to look at and think about while we're observing these children and how they grow up. What about after school? What do they do in their spare time? children themselves aware of differences between rich and poor? Have they learned prejudice? What do they think about money? And here our narrator throws in a bit of a hypothesis. Michelle and her friends are left to amuse themselves. This distinction between freedom and discipline is the key to their whole future. And now let's also hear a few samples of some of the responses of the children, which again, what's awesome about this first one this first one has its own challenges and its blessings. So I'll give you both. Let me start with the blessing. The blessing is listening to seven-year-olds get interviewed and to think and ponder a question and respond with a seriousness is a fascinating experience. I'm the only child in the village except for my baby brother. It was uh, one last Friday. I mean, the Friday before last Friday. Neil from Liverpool said he preferred living in town. Because in the winter, if you lived in the country, well, it was just all wet and there wouldn't be anything for miles around. And you get, so and you get soaked if you tried to go out and there's no shelter anywhere except in your own house. But in the town you can go out on, on wet wintry days because you can always find somewhere to shelter because there's lots of places. They'd like to come out for a holiday in the country when we like, when I like to have a holiday in the town. Well, well, I don't, th I don't think I need to go to university because I'm not going to be a teacher. I don't think you want to go to university if you want to be an astronaut. When I grow up, I want to be an astronaut. But if I can't be an astronaut, I think I'll be a coach driver. And tell me about coach driving. Well, I'm going to take people to the country and sometimes take them to the seaside. And, and uh, I'll have a big loud speaker in the motor coach and tell them whereabouts we are and what, and what we're going to do and, and what the name of the road is. And, all about that. The responses and the seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds. This is a very fascinating part of the human, the hu of the human journey because seven to ten-year-olds are so damn smart already, and they have such a, a fascinating, nuanced understanding of life. 
And yet it is, is very different than the adult's point of view. For one, they are pre-sexual so that there's a whole part of adulthood that's not part of their reality yet. So I think there is exceptional wisdom in 7 and 10 year olds. Now, I don't want to oversell things, but I just want to put that out there. Now, the limiting factor, one of the challenges to this first episode is this first episode is a little bit tricky on its own. This first episode reminds me of the first 40, 50, 70 pages of a Russian novel where I'm being introduced to a new character, to another new character, to another new character, and I'm just getting confused and I'm tumbling and I just put down the Russian novel and pick up either a nonfiction book or a fiction book with two characters. Personal preference, I suppose. But in this first episode especially, I don't think it's exactly important to follow the 14 characters and try to keep track of who is who. Try to take it as a, a melange. Try to take it as just a whole. In the second episode, 7 plus 7, when, and, and, and in subsequent episodes, when they introduce different characters, when they reintroduce characters, they will show you a little bit of the clips of the earlier episodes. So as we watch these documentaries, there's an interesting hall of mirrors effect because, or a resampling effect. So the second documentary will sample back to the first documentary, and the third documentary will sample from the second and first. So I just think it's a fascinating project. I think some people are not going to have the time or the interest for it, but a bunch of you are going to think this is pretty cool and hopefully it'll trigger some interesting thoughts. Now, we want you to contribute, um, so please, uh, your thoughts, reflections on the documentary, on the biases, on what worked, on the insight, on your excitement level on the project, these type of things. Write down a few lines or leave us a voicemail, all on the website, weatherofthemind.org. So I'm going to leave you with that today. I got the links for the, for the um, documentary in the notes below. And again, the plan is to have a, uh, have a, a period of you know, comments and discussion on episode one. Um, a seven up next week and then have a, a normal episode and then have a, a conversation on the second episode the week after that so in every other week and we're going to give it a shot for the first four documentaries and then we're going to see what kind of momentum we got and if people um, at least I introduced the folks to it who will you know enjoy it and want to watch the rest on their own because I was surprised that I don't come across this documentary very much um I don't know how well known it is, but it seems to be for the value it has as an art piece, as a, as a historical piece, I think it's fascinating. We tend to, in this society, this modern society, I'll, I'll talk about post-World War II Western society at least, we tend to focus on really liking quantitative data quantitative, lots of numbers, big sample sizes, so we can work out those biases. And this, on the other hand, 14 interviews, that is 14 samples is a qualitative. It's, it's not about the numbers. It's about um, things that cannot be measured in numbers.
so we have this opportunity to kind of see the value of qualitative long-term study, as opposed to we looked at 10,000 people who were born in England in 1956, and we found X, Y, and Z. That, that it has value, but there is it's certainly not an emotional experience engaging in that process. So one thing to, you know, as we watch these documentaries, do they affect us in a certain way? Do they have their own value just in reflection? I mean, humans love observing other people. Humans love interviews. Uh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to hear what people say and what people think. All right. I'm going to sign off and wish you well and looking forward to the weeks to come. Remember, keep hydrated, keep eating well, keep getting yourself enough sleep, and also don't forget to give yourself some slack if you're if you fell off pace, you know. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you.